this evening, Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to go, Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. A guy talking about passion, he says, your passion can be anything that simultaneously challenges you, intrigues you, and motivates you. Contrary to the idea that doing what you love makes work effortless, a passion puts you to work. It's what you're willing to sacrifice lesser leisures and pleasures for. When God wanted to impassion his disciples, he poured out his Holy Spirit. I want to look at that this evening, being impassioned for God. I want to look at a sermon I entitled simply, Wineskins, amen, out of Luke chapter 5, verse number 33. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? <laughs> and he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come, when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, then they will fast in those days. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the, the new does not match the old. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Verse 39, And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. Let's look at this this evening. Wineskins, amen. So we want to consider the wine here, that the provision, first of all, for the new wine. Jesus provides the new wine, Okay comes across these Pharisees and maybe John's disciples, and they ask him the question, you know, how come, you know, we're fasting and doing all this stuff, but your guys are just like having a good time? <laughs> you know, because, I mean, the, these guys, what, they're, what, they're, what they did was they fasted twice a week. I believe they fasted every Monday and Wednesday, we'll say. And, uh, or maybe Sunday and Tuesday, I'm not too sure. But either way, they, you know, they were very rigid, very inflexible, and very dutiful, you know what I'm saying? They did their duty. But you see, what Jesus is doing, Jesus is doing a new thing, and he needs new wineskins. And so part of what, you know, he, he, he says, you know, can, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom's here? No, of course not. That's silly, amen. Because, you know, when you're at a wedding and, and you're celebrating, you're having a great time, there's joy, there's, there's all kinds of things going on, amen. And so here he is, he's bringing joy, expectation, excitement, just like being at a wedding feast with the bridegroom. You know, the gospel is what God calls the good news. It's good news, amen. It's the greatest announcement that ever came to this planet. That you and I could have salvation through the blood of Jesus. Amen. And so he's not coming to overhaul the religious system. He's not coming, amen, to rebuild Judaism. Hallelujah. He's not trying to give it an update, amen, or upgrade. He's not extending what God has been doing. 
Jesus is doing a new thing. It is a new and living way that we are to be walking in. Amen. He's not extending the old religion and kind of giving it a little bit of a change or a change up. Amen. He's doing a brand new thing. And so God cannot pour what he is doing into old vessels or old wineskins, right? Amen. Or uh, he can't pour it into those that represent or carry on in the old ways, unwilling to change, because he says what's going to happen is if you do that, the wine will be spilled and the wineskin will tear and you'll ruin both of them. Amen. Obviously, the wine is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's meant to bring joy. It's meant to bring vitality. It's interesting, when you go into Ephesians chapter 5, he compares the Holy Spirit with actually drinking wine. Message translation, it says, don't drink too much wine. Verse 18 of 518 through 20. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God Huge drafts of him or huge, large glasses of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praise over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. And so he compares it. See, wine is not the merrymaker, amen. It's not the original merrymaker, this is what man does, amen. But the original merrymaker really is the Spirit of God. People drink to have a good time. I never went out thinking, you know what, I'm going to have a real bad time tonight. It just never worked that way, okay? It was always like, this is going to make me happy, amen. So tonight, being right with God, being filled with the Spirit, amen, brings joy to life. That cannot be compared to anything else in all of life. Amen. The Spirit is what brings the spark, the, the energy, the, the drive, the, the passion. The passion for God is by the Spirit of God being poured into us. Amen. The life of God being poured into us. Amen. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. For those who will devote themselves to this. The day of Pentecost, they thought they were drunk. That's an, odd, that's an odd thing, isn't it? I mean, these guys are filled with the Holy Ghost. They're excited about what God's doing. Anybody having that much fun must be drinking wine. Anybody having that much fun, obviously they're not religious at all. They must be drinking some wine. And Peter goes, no, we're not drunk. Don't be stupid. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, I mean, he comes right on out, amen. Listen, Jesus is always pouring out his spirit into willing vessels, filling us with a fresh fire, a fresh vision, a fresh urgency. That's why this thing keeps going on. You know, it's like, how do you keep going on year after year? I tell you, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not just stubborn religious people, amen. It's, it's the Holy Spirit being poured out, amen. God, from time to time, he just pours out and, and it's just like, you know what? Something's moving me besides me. It's the filling of the Holy Spirit, amen. A fresh fire giving us inspiration, 
Inspiration means it's something to stimulate you to be creative for the kingdom of God. It's a timely idea that here you are and God's moving upon you. He's stimulating you. He's inspiring you for him, for his kingdom, what he's doing in the earth. There's nothing else going on. You have to look at life correctly. Amen. God is moving in the earth. There's only two movements going on. A movement toward hell and destroying people's lives or a movement towards heaven and we're grabbing as many as we can and we're going in, in the slipstream. They're on our way to, to heaven. Amen. God is moving in our lives. You're either one or the other. Either you're filled with the Spirit or you're filled with wine. Amen. Or maybe something in between. That's weird. Living for God is a new life. When I got saved, the name of our church was New Life Fellowship. What's the Potter's House? I understand. It's the Potter's House today. That's the name of it. But the name of it when I got saved was New Life Fellowship. And that's actually what it was. It was a bunch of people who had a new life and were eager to do something for God. That's just what it was. It was a fellowship of people that would never have hung out together. And I've told you some stories. Never in a million years. Why were we there? Because we all had a new life in Jesus. It's amazing. It's the new wine that animates this new life. It's the Spirit of God that Jesus is pouring out into vessels, into wineskins. And in our text, he's painting a contrast between the old wineskins and the new wineskins, the disciples of Jesus, the disciples of John and the Pharisees. They had the form, but Jesus wants his disciples, amen, to have the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. These guys got form, fasting twice a week, you know, all that kind of stuff. Man, they're, they're ordered, they're formed, amen. I'm not saying we don't have form. But the priority is, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? That's the priority. And that's what Jesus wants. Amen. We can get the form. Let's get the Spirit of God moving first. Let's consider, secondly, preparation for the new wine. Because Jesus made a statement, I can't pour this into old wineskins. The Spirit will be quenched and the wineskin will be ruined. Amen. You see, new wine... Just by nature, it immediately starts to bubble and starts to expand. <clears throat> and an old wineskin simply doesn't expand anymore. It doesn't expand. It becomes a little bit rigid and inflexible over time. And so he ca you cannot put new wine into an old wineskin. You know, you have to realize that all wine gets a little old. It can't stay new forever. Sometimes people, you know, they get the new wine of God and, it's, you, know, you know, when they first get saved, it's really fresh and vibrant. But it doesn't say new forever. It does become old. Wineskins don't stay new forever either. They can start getting inflexible, immovable, rigid. That's why when the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit... It actually means be being filled because you need a constant filling of this life from God. In fact, you know, they say 
that all wineskins, once they've stretched, won't stretch any further. Which would make sense because, I mean, if you just kept on putting new wine into a wineskin, it stretches out, stretch, it'd be big as a pool liner, but you know what I'm saying. So somewhere along the line, it's got to, you know. And so it's made out of goat skin, I suppose. Most of them were. So we need to be a vessel that can hold new wine. I've been around for a long time. I'm an old wineskin. <laughs> Sometimes physically, you know, you get up in the morning, it's like, where's the moisture gone? You know like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, that's a whole different thought, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, like sometimes your face is like it's like squeezing into the middle somewhere. <laughs> God help me. Anyways, but new wineskins. The new wine, when you look at the new wine, it means new. It means like brand new. But when you look at the word for new wineskin, it's that they actually use a different word in the Greek for new wineskin. And it's actually the word renew. It's interesting, isn't it? New wine is not renewed wine. Amen. It's not, like I said, Jesus is not coming to renew the religious system. No, it's a new and living way. It just means just that. It's brand new. It's fresh. It's full of life. It has no connection with the old. But the wineskin would make sense. It would have to be renewed. Amen. Because they didn't make wineskins all the time. They just didn't pour the wine in at one time. It stretched out and be like, oh, we're done. That's a lot of wineskins, a lot of goats. They only, they only changed the wineskin if it got ripped or destroyed. So they would take the old wineskin, one commentator says, and what they would do is they would just simply soak it in water. And it would become pliable again. You know, one of the pictures of water in the scriptures, obviously, is being washed by the water of the word. That this evening, the word of God helps to keep you and I pliable. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That we're, we're stretched, if you will, in the arena of faith. It builds faith. It renews hope. The word of God inspires our vision. Amen. And so really as you and I tonight are wineskins, it's kind of the picture, we need to be soaking in the word of God. You and I this evening, amen, need to believe the promises. Once in a while you got to renew yourself in the promises of what God says. Praying the promises, amen. Placing God's word in your heart. Memorizing it in your head. As we soak in the word of God, there's a continuing renewing that takes place. Like tonight. This is part of the word of God, being soaked in the word of God. That is helping to renew. It's helping to keep you pliable to receive what God really wants to do in your life on a personal level, as well as a congregational level, but on a personal level. God wants to pour His Spirit into your life. 
You can't live without it. We need to stay pliable if we can allow Jesus to do that very thing. That word renewed also means the word consecrate. And it's in a sense where I want God to use my life. That I want to be pliable. I want God, amen, to, you know, I want to remain flexible so God can speak to my life. So God can fill me with his life. He can inspire me and move upon my heart. God, let me be flexible for you. Let me be flexible, amen, so I can receive the direction of the Holy Ghost. I can receive the teaching of the Holy Ghost, the truth, amen, that he's guiding me into. Don't let me get rigid. Sometimes people can get saved and or get filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe have a fresh filling. Maybe, maybe even, even a, a new direction or a new dedication of our lives to God. That happens, right? People just, you know, you, you're there and, and you're in a place in your life. And you, you, you come to a place where you rededicate yourself. You see where you're at and you're just, you're not doing too well. Or possibly you're just kind of getting a little stiff and inflexible. I don't know, but you rededicate your life to God. Amen. Whatever it might be. And the wine obviously is poured in. There's maybe fresh repentance, a fresh vision for God, a fresh, you know, you know what? I'm going to live for God. And then the wine's poured in, in, in. but you know, in, the, in a short time, you got to be careful because it's challenged. You know, when Jesus got filled with the Holy Spirit, when the dove descended upon him, he was led into the wilderness and tempted 40 days and 40 nights. Immediately, that God is shifting gear, something is happening here, and immediately there's a, he's challenged by the devil. Sometimes it's in these places, amen, that God is trying to stretch us and enlarge us, amen. He's, he's trying to challenge us with some things in our lives. Sometimes it happens right away, just like in Jesus' case. Sometimes it's at this place that some people go back to their old life. Others may be just back to a lukewarm, inflexible, rigid life for God, which is never really enjoyable. And that could be a real minefield, amen, because we don't allow God to stretch us. We miss the vital need of the Spirit being poured out into our lives. Amen. If you're not careful, if you're not serving God by the infilling of the Spirit of God, you're serving God by your own will. That's what happens. We get really stiff and we just serve God like we want to serve Him. Really. <laughs> it's like we, God's trying to, He's trying to expand us. It's like, yeah, I'm, good. I'm, I'm all right. Serve God the way I want to serve God. It's the spirit that gives life. It's the flesh that profits nothing. One man said these words, there's one place that a believer cannot stay. A believer cannot stay put. He must be expanding. He must be growing in his walk with God, not shrinking and weakening in his walk. 
need new ways to serve God, new perspectives on how we view people and life, amen, new ways to live for God or, or new ideas for God, still being loyal and trustworthy, reliable, amen. God wants to fill us with the freshness of the Holy Spirit that you and I would be vessels always in that place where he's preparing us, if you will, for the Holy Ghost. Because you can't live for God without the power of God. You can't live for God without the life of God. It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. So let's look lastly at the pliability for this new wine. I just want to end with some things I trust will help you. Verse 39, he says, No one... Having drunk old wine, immediately desires the new, for he says, the old is better. So there's three things. One, you have to fight the mentality, right? You have to fight the mentality of staying with the old, of staying with the familiar, of not wanting to be challenged, you convince yourself that what you have is good enough. Because when you look at the, the text, when you look at the word better, some translations say good, but what it actually means, it means good enough. In other words, someone's challenged with the new wine and he says, no, the old is good enough. Where my life is for God is good enough. God, don't stretch me. Don't expand me. How I'm living for God is good enough. He tastes the new wine, and of course the new wine will always challenge you. And yet he says, you know what? The old is better. How's your walk with God? That's good enough. It means the old wine is just that. It's good enough. So you have to fight against the comfortable feeling that what you have is good enough. Don't settle for less than what God desires for your life. Amen. Because that is what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's trying to always challenge us in the things of God. It's one thing I can honestly say as I read my Bible, as I hear sermons. I'm always being challenged. I never get to a place where it's like, I got this. I've been doing this a long time now. You don't have to challenge me anymore. I got it all. <laughs> it's not true. It's not even true. Always being challenged in many different areas of my walk with God. Amen. You have to fight against that comfortable feeling that what you have is good enough. See, this is what Jesus is doing. He's challenging people to be better. He's challenging them to rise up and have dominion, challenging people to be overcomers, amen, challenging people to operate in the authority of God. When he came on the scene, he said he's preaching the kingdom of God is at hand, amen. The resources are endless. You're stepping into a kingdom, amen, of the Father's kingdom, you can be free. You can have do, do, dominion. You, you can rule. 
Another thing that I believe helps in this text to stay pliable is the atmosphere you choose to live in. What is interesting is Jesus kept his disciples separate from all the rest. He didn't, it was John's disciples, the Pharisees' disciples, it was Jesus' disciples. He kept them with him. He kept them in his presence, always in his company. Acts 19.9, speaking about the Apostle Paul, he's got some disciples. And when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Paul understood this as well. He understood the atmosphere was important. And so he removed his disciples from this whatever toxic attitude that was, or atmosphere that was going on. Listen, you have to strive for the atmosphere that you're going to be in. You need to strive to be in every service you can, every revival service, every discipleship class, every uh, 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 you know, outreach in town, out of town. In other words, it's, it's a striving to be in the atmosphere of God and the atmosphere of God's people. And here's Paul, and he says, you know what, there's something wrong here. He says he withdrew his disciples because of the atmosphere that was going on. Paul said, come out from among them and be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. Because the atmosphere has a lot to do with it. You've got to come away from it. Jesus kept his disciples close to him. He dictated the atmosphere. Ever notice when the Pharisees were arguing with him? What's the next verse? Jesus said, hey, what are you talking about? Oh, he's right there, isn't he? What are you arguing with my men for? He'd step right in, time and time again, step right in. Whenever they're trying to question something, Jesus is like, why are you questioning us? He would step in. The disciples never go, hey, yeah, what are you doing? You know, flash my gang sign. You know, no, no. No, Jesus, they, whenever they addressed him, it was Jesus that stood in. He said, no, no you're not getting into this scene. Before you break, breach this door, amen, you got to come through me. I don't want them to have your foul spirit. So he kept an atmosphere for his disciples. It's important that you keep an atmosphere. There's a third thing here. That is know that the new wine is better. It's better indeed, amen. Never lose the appreciation for your salvation, the fact that God wants to use your life for his glory. I tell you, the new wine is much better, amen. It brings a joy, not only now, but into eternity. This joy, is, is it's a ride, beloved. It's a joy of the kingdom of God, the kingdom that's going to go to be in heaven, amen. That kingdom is right here now. And so what Jesus preached, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, You'll step in, amen. There's, there's this new wine will make you joyful. It's not anything like the old wine. Yes, definitely. The new mind is better. Put your mind to it. Don't let anybody try to sell you something else. 
because it ain't good. The new is far better. I'm going to close with something I found out about Wesley. Nothing shocking or anything, but you know, he had revival and he had a simple formula for revival and for his people. One of them is personal salvation by the faith in Jesus Christ. He believed in conversions. You need to get converted. Secondly, you need to be filled with the Spirit and show the reality and the power of the Spirit moving in your life. He would go to his different places where his people were meeting and he would talk with people in the churches. He wasn't untouchable. He was very touchable. Not only just his preachers. He had them all over the place, over 700. But he would go to the churches and just see how people were doing. He could tell what was going on in this pastor's life, if you will, by what was going on in the church. Are these people converted? What are you preaching to them? Are they filled with the Holy Ghost? And his third thing was to be active, involved, have an involved walk with God. That was his formula for revival. Three things that he pushed in all of his churches. He transformed the society. I'm not saying all of England was transformed, but enough of it was transformed. It changed the climate of the whole nation with this Wesley revival. And those were the three things. Get saved, get filled with the Holy Ghost, and act like it. <laughs> and live it. Amen. That was just this whole simple formula, nothing more. Live like a Christian. Be involved in the things of God. And I tell you what, he turned his nation upside down. Amen. Let's be pliable wineskins. Amen. Because it's really dangerous ground when it becomes rigid. No longer can the wine be poured in. No longer can God expand us or help us say amen. Jesus said, I can't pour new wine into old wineskins. I just, I, it's, it's fruitless. Amen. Let's bow our heads this evening. Praise God. Wineskins. As our heads are bowed this evening. And when we talk about the wine tonight, we're talking about the new life that's found in Jesus Christ.